It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019 AM twelve sixty. Jeff's laughing at something uh, phenomenal. We we're in the uh we're in the day and age of cashless transactions. I don't, I don't see those bank bags anymore, you know? Yeah, those vinyl uh yeah. bank bags. Used to get those a lot to cash. I used to make uh when I was, you know, selling t shirts at concerts, you'd put the the cash yeah. in there, the fifties and the hundreds. The various you know, businesses my place. dad had when he needed me to make a bank run, he's like, Boy, take us down to the bank and it'd be one of those big like uh not vinyl, but like pleather, you know, bank bags yes. with the zip with the zipper on it. And I was telling Jeff that one time I bought eleven thousand dollars worth of furniture with cash. <laughs> I I went to the bank and did that because I was out of checks. Yeah, they're counting out the hundreds while they're calling the on one, while one guy's counting out the hundreds, somebody else is calling like the DEA or the FBI. Like, Some dude just walked in here and paid cash for their furniture. It's you know grand. what? It, it, you you joke, but they had to do it. Uh, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a uh, a law enforcement. It was an IRS thing. They because isn't it any transaction over like ten grand, it was like or nine over grand, 10? something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, they had to do that. And you it was, have to notify the IRS. Yeah, that was it. And it was it was. $11,000 for new furniture uh, did that because I was out of checks. And and I remember asking, because I know some folks will say, well, what do you, just get a blank check from the bank and, and, and do it that way. A, I didn't know exactly how much it was cost, or I would have just got a cashier's check. Mm-hmm. B, uh, the furniture place was not going to accept one of those temporary checks. Gotcha. I said, sorry, we can't. You'll, you'll have to. you know. And then I would have had to go all the way back up to uh, uh up up to Cedar Park up to the bank and and get a cashier's check once I learned the the uh the amount and I just said look I can just give you this <laughs> and I counted it out it was weird it was it was definitely weird and somebody <laughs> said life uh, you know oh Tom McKay he would know he would know yep AV consultations $8,999 that's it that's your limit anything there anything over that 8999 and he says, you don't have to report it unless you are a bank. Okay. okay. So there you are. Uh, that would be the uh, nursing home. Rob says, what's the name of that song? It's Bodhisattva. It's from Steely Dan from the Countdown to Ecstasy album. I believe 1975, I believe uh, that. So uh, it reminds me of YouTube uh, a year ago uh, and years ago, Billy Bob Thornton on Letterman saying he missed eating squirrel and rat. Similar, but not as good. He was serious. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's just part of that. All right. So uh, here we are in the second hour of the program and, and had a lot of fun with Bill Shoning last hour. If you didn't hear it, you can listen to it on our podcast page at hornfm.com. Yep. Uh, you can always do that. Um, the The other thing that we were talking about was the start of this Longhorn baseball season. Then, of course, there's Texas basketball as well. Tonight, Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry. 
uh, comes your way from Pluckers, the West Campus location. And I believe tonight, if you come out, you get to meet the coaches. Oh, sweet. Coaching staff. I, I, I think most, if not all, will be there. I think uh, we could be looking at a Bob Donawal, Brandon Chappelle, Steve McLean uh, type of thing. I don't know that Chris Ogden will be able to be out there, but you know, I, I think I think those guys may be joining us out there. So we'll have Longhorn Weekly tonight. So we'll look forward to bringing you that. And then, of course, uh, like we said, there's Longhorn Baseball and Softball throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, softball on 105.3, the bat on Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday on AM 1260 because Texas women's basketball will be playing Sunday against West Virginia at 3 o'clock on 105.3, the bat. Longhorn men's hoop, of course, Saturday against Oklahoma. Uh, an Oklahoma team that that just took it to K-State. Yeah, they did. The other night. I mean, this is, as you know, this is a home court league, and it, it meaning not so much that, that – Teams are just great on at home and bad on the road. It's just that it's so hard to win on the road in a lot of these places. And I know Kansas State won here, and I know Oklahoma's in last place, and they lost, and they lost there. But that it just tells you on a given night. Sometimes Texas has only lost that one home game uh, in uh, Big Twelve conference play. So, like you say, splits and sweeps. Road road wins in this league are such a big deal. They are. And it also then uh, ratchets up and really highlights the need to protect your home floor yep. and, to win, and to win the home games. So if they, you know, the next two games are at home, Oklahoma and then Iowa State. I listened to some of uh, the Iowa State broadcast driving back from North Texas. I was uh, guest lecturing up at North Texas last night. And then I was driving back from Denton and I was listening to the Iowa State TCU game and uh, you know, Iowa State kind of took it to them, and then and then allowed TCU back in the game. I think the Horned Frogs cut it to seven with uh, under a minute to go, and then TCU. I mean, uh, Iowa State ended up winning by eleven. That was that was at Hilton Coliseum, and TCU is still really struggling without Mike Miles, and yes. you would expect that that they they would have a hard Man, time. Can him. can somebody in that Iowa State equipment office get TJ Otzelberger a bigger shirt? You don't like him looking like he's. Just, he, it's like TJ prefers the schmedium. Yeah, coach, don't you wear a large? Nope, small's good. <laughs> uh, so like, look at this. Look at this. This is our Iowa State side. I just went over there. Look, yeah. look at that. Look at that. Just showing off his guns right there. Like, he's, okay, he's we got get a little lead hockey work in there. You're, you're fit. You're in shape, but just you know, shop in the adult section. <laughs> he's. It definitely looks like Ed Hockley. What was it? Mike DeFee, the Big 12 football yes, official. That and then Scott Campbell slappy. of late. And then Scott Campbell of late. Yeah. With the uh with the guns, with the gun show going. Yeah. So there's so there's that. Oh man. Yeah. Um so the Longhorn men, as we know, are tied for first place in the Big Twelve with Kansas and Baylor. The Texas women are tied for first place with Oklahoma. Sooners won last night uh, uh over Texas Tech. So um uh, this weekend, the Texas women play West Virginia on Sunday. Oklahoma goes to Kansas on Sunday. Then I think the Longhorn women have their bye week in the middle, their midweek bye week. They don't play a game in the middle of the next week, but it's followed by the return game with Oklahoma, and it's in Norman. Texas beat OU the first game in Austin, but they have that return engagement, and that could be for the Big 12 conference title because the other teams are starting to fall off. Baylor got absolutely clocked 
by the Kansas State women last night in Manhattan, and I don't think folks expected that. So they're having a rough time in Waco. They're 7-6 and six in conference play right now. So it, it looks like Iowa State still has a shot, obviously, and they, and they beat Texas on Monday night. So they still have a shot to try to uh, maybe win uh, at least a share of the Big 12 title, if not the Big 12 title. But it looks like it's it's headed toward a two-team race on the women's side between Texas and OU. And, and for the men, who knows? I mean, there's still you know a couple of weeks of drama still to play out on this thing. Um, three weeks, actually, to be exact. So uh, you know, Texas has OU, and then, like I said, Iowa State, and then they have back-to-back tough road assignments in Waco at Baylor, and and the midweek uh, at TCU, and then they come home for the Kansas game. Which, in case you didn't hear, yesterday was announced. It's a three o'clock tip-off uh, there for that uh, Senior Day regular season finale. So that's kind of the stretch drive. Big win for Rick Barnes' team last night. Tennessee beat top-ranked Alabama. Well, I, I watched a little bit of that. Did you? Yeah. Um, beat them, beat them by I think nine, and uh, and that was after they had suffered back to back heartbreaking, buzzer beating losses to Vanderbilt and Missouri, including the Missouri game being at home when they lost, uh, and uh, so uh, but they bounced back and got the win uh, last night on that. So yeah, so uh, CB does say he 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 expects it to be. Kegs and eggs on Sunday for Longhorn baseball. You you, you won't be up there on Sunday, will you? No, I, I could remember. I knew you weren't going to no, be there. Ba- basketball takes precedence right now. Yeah, so, so you're you're uh, you're swallowed up with that, obviously, with, mm-hmm. uh, with what's going on on there. Uh, so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be Sunday morning. That Sunday morning game, um, and and you know what? That, that came about. I can tell you that. Um, that came about because of several years ago. Texas played; it was over in Houston, and uh, they they played the last game of that Shriners Hospital game uh, classic that weekend, and they were playing at um, they were playing uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and they got scheduled to play the last game. And it was supposed to start at 6.30 or 7, and it started around 8.30, and it wasn't done until around midnight. And Augie was not happy about that yeah. and said, we can't do that. So that's why they've asked, I think, when they played in these events to play the first game of the day on Sunday. Certainly no later than the second game, uh, but either the first or second game. So it's 10.30 in the morning Sunday. So, CB, that's 8.30 a.m. your time for kegs and eggs, for Longhorn Baseball when they play uh, Vanderbilt. And for those wanting to know, I think it's uh, Flow Baseball yes. or Flo is, is uh, televising it. Our our partner, Mike Harge, will be uh, part of the televised crew on that. And, of course, we have all the radio broadcasts for you. Um, tomorrow night, uh, Keith Moreland uh, will join me for the call on that. Roger Wallace and Keith Moreland to do the Saturday and Sunday games on that. And uh, the Saturday game is 3 o'clock and the Sunday game is 10.30. So, scheduled we do know this the sunday game will start at ten thirty. it's the first one of the day yep. uh the other ones and eh, we'll see depending on the length of the of of the first couple of games to see how that how far they go so anyway all right uh so that'll get you caught up on that all right we need a break now cam do you did you you kind of promised us yesterday or offered let me just put that right you offered us in your words some 
crazy sound you said? I think I said crazy. Was it was good audio from Westlake head coach Tony Salazar. He was nice of us, nice of him to join the Flex ATX show last night. Yeah, yeah. and he had some good quotes. We, we talked about his first season as the head coach, what it was like, expectation versus reality, and um, we talked about Kate Klubnick and some good stuff on Michael Taft too. Good. All right, so we're going to have that coming up with our Flex uh, ATX segment, our Flex Thirty segment coming up here, and then we'll have our second hour. Longhorn Notebook as well. So we'll continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe, Light the Tower. My senior year of high school. Big hit. The one and only Rolling Stones. Miss you. Anyway, uh, here it is on this uh, Thursday, and let's uh, hop right on into our Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, kind of a little bit of a tease there from our producer, Cam Parker, who's part of that. Flex ATX program. So take us through this last night. Obviously, like I said, I was up in dead and I didn't get a chance to hear this. So I'm, I'm curious to hear how this all went down. It's a good program, that Flex show. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was a great show. And special thanks to Sack Lucero, who got all the guests involved. And we had Westlake head coach Tony Salazar. We had huddle linebacker uh, Brody Bueno, who I believe is committed to Air Force. And then we had uh, Dripping Springs receiver, Garen Duncan, who will be at Yale next year. So we had a really good show, and Coach Salazar came on. Nice of him to, to join and had to talk to him about the Westlake program. And obviously we know Michael Taft, right, starting as a sophomore at safety in the Texas secondary, had a, had a great year. But also a new commit, Bryce Chambers, who just signed as a PWO for, for Texas. And so I, I asked Coach Salazar the impact that Westlake has because it, as impressive as their pipeline is from – high school to D1 to the NFL, what is impressive to me is also their walk-on program. But to be a PWO, like, you have a chance to go play football at a maybe, I don't want to say lesser university, but maybe not a, a D1 or a Power 5. But a lot of these kids take on a PWO knowing that, I mean, you got to have humility and you got to have hunger to be able to want to play as a PWO because it's an uphill battle no matter what you do. I'll go back to kind of, you know, and I'll use, obviously, you know, not play my experiences with, with Mookie and Michael Taff and uh, Michael Taff and obviously and Bryce and the Chambers family that have been through Texas for a while now. Um, you know, I think what our kids at Westlake enjoy is, is they enjoy going and empowering another football team, another program, um, the concept of winning. <laughs> and, and that may sound cliche or simple, but it's I really think that our kids know that they understand the formula and the work that it takes to win, and they're confident enough to be able to express those views and obviously the, the attributes of a winner to another football team. And I think that's what Mookie Taft brought to the University of Texas was a guy that would not be denied. Every, if, you're, if you're gonna, you know, if we're gonna run a, a rep of a, of a gasser, cross from one side of the field to the other side of the field, and they're looking for who finishes first, Mookie Taft's gonna try to finish first. And if you don't finish first, he's gonna tell you about it. 
he's going to ask you, how come you didn't finish first? If you were a five-star player and you didn't finish first, and I'm going to walk on to the University of Texas, how do you think that makes that five-star feel? That's Moogie Taft. That's, a, that's what leadership looks like. And we try to ingrain that in every single one of our kids. And I think uh, Chambers, I think he said uh, you know, an awesome quote at the end of his, uh, his signing day the other day as a PWO was, you know, he's going to try to find a, a role on the team. Find a, find a role on the team where he can hopefully, you know, teach the rest of his teammates how to, how to win. And uh, what, those, what that looks like with his work ethic, with his obviously dedication, obviously with the execution that he does on the field. And, and I think that's, that's what he wants to be. He's part of a team, uh, part of a team that knows how to win, and a part of a team that understands the, obviously the, the, the many steps that it takes to be successful in college football. And then we asked him about Kate Klubnik. And we're actually asking him about Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, how two Texas quarterbacks, right, had an incredible Super Bowl. And it feels like Patrick Mahomes is entering this territory, maybe like Tom Brady-esque, where it feels like no matter what you do against him, he's going to find a way to win, right? It's like, ah, no, well, he's still got Pat Mahomes. He's got five minutes left. So I asked Coach Salazar if he ever coached or played against a, a player like that during his time, either at Mary Harden Baylor or at Westlake. And, well, he gave a good response, but it wasn't the one that I was thinking of. I'll go back to kind of, you know, I had one on our team one fun time, and uh, – and uh, he, he was he wore number six here at Westlake. His name was Kate Clubix. <laughs> so uh, I've yet to line up against one on the other side, against the other, you know the other side, against the sideline. That's you know obviously that's because I have belief in our kids that no matter who we're playing, and we played the A-listers when it comes to quarterbacks in the state of Texas. We played the Quinn Ewers. We played the Jackson Arnolds. We played all the guys, the best quarterbacks in the state of Texas. And uh, we've been fortunate to obviously come out on top on most of those games and. Um, but you know, I, I think I got I can't get love anywhere else besides giving love to the, the, the ones that we had here at Westlake. That uh, obviously, I think, showed the world this year that uh, they're well above uh, past their years and age. And I think Kay Klubnik was one of those in his time here at Westlake. Every single time he took the field, we all believed we we're going to win the football game. And uh, you know, we're looking for that next great one here at Westlake High School. We've got some talented quarterbacks coming up, some two returning uh, players, the seniors that are going to play for us this year, and. And some young kids that obviously are going to uh, make that room very, very competitive. So um, we're going to keep doing what we do, you know. And, and uh, I think uh, obviously Pat Mahomes and those guys, are, that's the elite of the elite. Um, and obviously there's no doubt that their demeanor, their confidence, and, and obviously their execution makes their, their teammates so much better. And um, I think in, in my time here at Westlake, the last 10 years, I think there's no one better in the state that I saw do it than uh, than our own number six that wore it here for, for a few years. This is the full interview at FlexATX.com. Or anywhere you get your podcast, a new FlexATX podcast, mentioned Tony Salazar, head coach at Westlake, and then also Garen Duncan from Dripping Springs, and then Brody Bueno from Huddle. So great stuff. Make sure you check it out, FlexATX.com, and also with girls' high school playoffs underway and the boys starting next week. Catch all the, store, all the scores and, and top stories on the Flex. Good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Thank you, Cam. Appreciate good job, it. Cameron. Good to hear from uh, Tony as well. Uh, that's that's good stuff. All right, so there is our uh, Flex 30 update for today. Let's get to our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, just like it sounds, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. Uh, I want to start with basketball, but not 
current basketball, if that makes any sense. We haven't talked about the Chris Beard deal, and, and we're not, mm-hmm. trust me, we're not ignoring it or anything. Just wanted to find time to, to address it. Uh, district attorney dropping charges yesterday. Uh, so that is where it is. And, you know, the reactions have been what they've been. Uh, you know, Cameron asked me this earlier about, you know, the, the flagship message board at Horns 24-7, kind of what the reaction was. I, I'd say it's probably 75 to 80% that were saying, hey, you know, Texas, they had to make the decision that they did when they did, and, you know, just you live with it, it is what it is kind of thing. Uh, of that other, you know, 25 to 20%, probably half of those people say, you know, the university rushed to a decision, should have let the process play out. And then the other half, that you know, ten to fifteen percent, is saying you know Chris Beard should be hired back, and nobody cares as long as you're getting recruits and winning basketball games. Which that's a whole different can of worms. But uh, you know, Craig, I've I've seen Jeff Goodman come out and say it. I've seen a, a couple other people come out and say it. My guess is Chris Beard's probably coaching. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be a Power Five program, but I'm guessing he's coaching college basketball somewhere by this summer. He'll he'll be employed by somebody. I would say that it is logical to believe and to expect that there are already individuals representing either an athletic department or someone connected with an athletic department who have already been in touch with him. Yeah. Especially with this uh, announcement yesterday of uh, charges being dropped. Um, so I, I think that you will probably expect to hear his name certainly connected with openings at uh, at other Division One institutions, be they Power Five or mid major or whatever, I think you'll hear his name connected with those. Where it goes from there, who knows? But, but I think you'll hear his name connected with that. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, you know, my take on it was I, I felt like Texas had to make a decision. You couldn't let this play out because at that point you're you're kind of keeping the program holding the program hostage, for lack of a better term, and. You know, there needs to be clarity, uh, not just for your current players, for your coaches, uh, for for recruits. I mean, you've got two signees that still aren't 100% sure what, what the future is going to hold. And not that, you know, Ron Holland and, and A.J. Johnson by themselves control the fate of the program, but you just couldn't have that cloud hovering over. And based on the information that was available to the to the powers that be at the time, I felt like they – they made the only decision they could at that point. And so it is what it is. If Chris Beard is going to be coaching somewhere in the 2023-24 college basketball season, uh, it won't be at the University of Texas. And I, I think just, you know, I said this when it happened, Craig, just sad all the way around. I mean, you, you've got a guy that, you know, had his dream job and lost it before he could really start building it. Uh, you've got a, a relationship between two people and, and, and families are involved. that That's got to get worked out. You've got – you know, not just players, but assistant coaches and support staff that are, are uncertain about their futures. So it's just sad, sad and unfortunate all the way around. But I feel like Texas, the, everybody that's still with the program is to an extent moved on and moved forward and, and are focused on trying to win a conference championship. And now Chris Beard can start to move on to, to whatever's next for him. I, I think that's the thing is that folks are ready to move forward, to move on. Yeah, to, what, to whatever's on. next. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some football. Let's talk yes. a little Longhorn football. Please. Uh, a little summer. Uh, summer. Nah, I wish it was summer uh, at this point. Uh, a little winter workout information. Uh, you can go to Horns 24-7. Man, my guy Hudson Standish has been killing it lately with information. So he's got some recruiting tidbits uh, mixed in here with some intel on winter workouts. Uh, one, here's one thing that uh, really stood out to me about Quinn Ewers, what Hudson got from a source in terms of, What's been the biggest change for Quinn in these workouts, even coming off, you know, 
had a good end of the season with the way the bowl game went. Uh, but a source said consistency. He has a much better grasp of what to do day-to-day as the quarterback at Texas, and it's reflected in how he's attacking off-season workouts. I think you just got to remember with Quinn, for all the fans that are quick to move on to Quinn and, and want Arch to go win this job right out of the gate, you remember this is a guy that hadn't really played a full season of football. And, and really, his last year at Southlake wasn't even a full season because he had the hernia issue. Mm-hmm. So really, you got to go back to his sophomore year of high school in 2019, to find the last time he played a full season of football, and then he comes out and wins the job and plays well and goes through you know the ebbs and flows, the slow burn of even the really good quarterbacks we've seen at Texas have had struggles like like we've documented and we've talked about. But I think the fact that he's you know it's not new to him anymore the way Sark's offseason is structured that that means a lot. Craig, we've seen guys you know it takes you a while to figure out hey what what's a workout going to be like on a daily basis kind of what does this what does this stretch of, of several weeks look like in mm-hmm. terms of strength and conditioning uh, what what happens when you start that ramp up to spring practice and then after that what do your workouts look like going into summer your your throwing sessions everything that goes into that so uh, I think Quinn naturally the consistency should be because he's more just more comfortable with everything around him. Uh, that same source told uh, Horns 24-7 about Arch Manning. said, quote, he's really blown away our group of wideouts with how consistently perfect his ball placement is uh, on air or against other DBs. There are times where he'll throw a perfect ball for a completion and still have a cal- and still have calm and detailed notes for his receivers on how to improve their routes. Uh, he's been everything they've expected him to be so far. But, again, it's early, and I want to say that about all these notes from winter workouts. It's early. This isn't in pads. They haven't had a formal practice yet, so take all of it for what it's worth. Uh, sounds like the newcomer receivers, A.D. Mitchell, Jontae Cook, DeAndre Moore, are starting to uh, really assert themselves on the field. And then uh, when Hudson was asked for for young guys that are kind of standing out on defense, at least that have kind of made a really good impression, uh, Colton Vosick, Leonga LaFowle, Malik Muhammad are the three names that have come up. And again, Craig, one name that we keep hearing, and it'll be more prevalent when we get to spring ball. You ask people about, hey, who's making strides? Who's standing out? We've heard Sark talk about him. We've heard sources off the record talk about him. Jeray Bledsoe's name gets mentioned a lot. So if you're looking for kind of who can be one of these breakout guys once spring practice starts, Jeray Bledsoe's about as good of a candidate as anybody at this point. To really a guy that we saw very little last year, that could be playing a big part of things. One last note, real quick. Uh, Anthony Hill, apparently Jalen Ford has, you know, as he's taken on more of a leadership role on defense, sounds like he's really taken Anthony Hill under his wing, which is huge because Anthony Hill might be good enough to be one of your two starting inside linebackers at some point. Could this be. Year. And I know, Craig, you've seen a lot from him. So there's uh, just a little, a little bit of winter foot, not even spring football, a little bit of winter football discussion. Well, Speaking of spring, the schedule was announced and released of the practice schedule yeah. there, and so it starts on Monday, March sixth, and uh, you know they go with the uh, every other day thing for a bit. You know, Monday, March sixth, Wednesday, Wednesday the eighth, Friday the tenth, then come back uh, after spring break and go Wednesday the twenty second, Friday the twenty fourth, and Saturday. So they go back to back twenty four, twenty fifth, then come back on Monday the twenty seventh, Wednesday the twenty ninth, Friday the thirty first. Monday, April 3rd, Wednesday, April 5th, Friday, April 7th, then Wednesday, April 12th, Friday the 14th, and then, of course, the spring game on Saturday the 15th. I think, if I'm remembering right, Craig, I think even for spring ball, you've got to have X number of practices. It's not like the full-on acclimation period like you've got with fall, but fall, summer camp, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, but you still got to have, I think, X number of workouts in shorts, X number of workouts in shells. Correct. X number of workouts in full pads. And of those fully padded practices, X number of them can be full tackling to the ground contact. So it's a little bit of a an adjustment continually getting used to. It's not just like it was back in the day where you just show up and start knocking heads. Yeah, start little, saying, strap it on and get after, yeah, a little, right? A little, a, little, a, little, a little structure to, yeah. to, to spring ball. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, so there you go. All right. Um, coming up, uh, we'll uh, be back to uh, wrap up today's edition of Life the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Okay, this is definitely not the red bone edition of Come and Get Your Love, is it? It is. It's just a it's a more elongated extended dance remix version, maybe. I don't know. The original one, the one that was such a top forty hit, started with this. This beat. Craig, I just found out I can stream uh coach on the Roku channel, so I might uh might put that on in the background while I'm writing today, a little coach marathon. I gotcha. That'll work. Yeah, this is Redbone would come and get your love. It's just that preamble. It's kind of like the very start of of uh, Boogie Nights, the song, not the movie, from Heat Wave. They have this big, long, long flowing over, and then it just jumps right into the part that everybody knows, that kind of thing. Uh, we had a couple of people asking, know of any way to watch Texas baseball this week? We mentioned it's on Flow, Flow Sports. Sports. Support Mike Harge. And somebody else said, do you all know how to stream Flow Baseball? It's another thing I'll have to pay for. Uh, yes, you will have to pay for yeah. it. It is a it is a pay uh, a pay wall, as you guys say in your industry, right, Jeff? Yes. A paywall, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but it, it, I think if you go, is it flowsports.com, F-L-O? Uh, I'll Google it. Yeah, I think it's flowsports.tv, I believe. Dot .tv. Okay, very good. Have you done some flow sports work? I have. Yes, good job, Cam. Yeah. That's exactly it. Good. Okay. All right, flowsports.tv. That's how you can watch. And again, our man Mike Harge will be uh, uh, on the broadcast team. That's what I like about the Shriners Classic because even though it's on, you know, ATT Sportsnet yeah. and, you know, it's only, you know, you can only get it in certain markets, like the Astros will stream the games on their Twitter account. Oh, do they? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why. I, I, that's how I watched the uh, the Arkansas game in 2020. When uh-huh. I had, what I, I'm pretty sure what I had was COVID at that point because <laughs> I've never uh, before or since in my life run like 104 fever and just felt like you know if you just smashed me in the face with a cinder block right now, I'm pretty sure that would feel better than how I physically feel right now. So as I was going <sighs> in and out of a feverish sleep, I was watching some baseball that weekend. You know, if if I had uh, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, I know I had COVID <laughs> such and such weekend or such and such, I know I must have had COVID fill in the blank on the day, the time. I've had several people, relatives, friends. Well, and, you can add me to that list. Okay. I, and, 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 and what I would have to say is I don't know that I ever had it, never, never felt like I had it or bad or anything like that yeah. and, and, and all that. So I can't really say that. But I know – did you have it? I had Sam? it once last year. Did you really? Was it bad? No. Yeah. I just got it when I was on vacation visiting my mom and got off the plane. I was like, I don't feel great. 
was like, yeah. He's I, had, I had it around Christmas. You guys remember that when I missed a few shows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, Beaver Lynch, Jason on the text line. It's the Coach sitcom. The Roku channel, Prime Video. There's a couple different ways you can watch it. Man, that was such a great show. Somehow, not somehow, we were talking about Dick Van Dyke during the break, and I mentioned my appreciation for Jerry Van Dyke and his role as Luther Van Dam in Coach. <laughs> Which had been preceded by his time in the 60s in the <laughs> as he was in the lead role in the uh, TV sitcom My Mother the Car. So Craig, one of the, uh, again, a nice coach callback. We, me and my uh, roommates, we used to do for our upstairs neighbors in our apartment in college. We used to do the bit Hayden did with his athletic yeah. director and take a broomstick and bang it on the ceiling and go, "Hey Howard!" Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Howard was pretty cool. It was the AD. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun show. The uh, the episode where Dauber left is they were playing the Pioneer Bowl in San Antonio and Dauber left his playbook at the Alamo Burger. Yeah. <laughs> He got a map of the Alamo and brought it to Hayden. He's like, Dauber, why'd you draw your game plan on the map of the Alamo? He's like, because it was the only place I could think of that someone screwed up worse than me. <laughs> okay. All right. On that well, note. What an awesome show. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we're done. Bo uh, Watley led Minnesota State to the title, Craig. That's right. I remember that. Before Hayden got a job with the Orlando Breakers. All right, I'm done. I'm done with the. Coach the references. one where, where, where Luther was living in the hotel, eating, uh, <laughs> emptying out the mini bar, ran up a nine hundred dollar tab, eating all the. I thought it was free. God, what an awesome show! Yeah, yeah. I am going to go home and watch a few episodes. There man. you go. All right, uh, we will be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow is Friday. Do you know what that means? Placidity running amok in the studio. Yeah. And Cam teasing us, saying that he has an inconceivable life. Oh, I thought tomorrow. you were going to say that Cam was experiencing placidity. I'm like, dude, probably should have kept that off the air if yep. that was the conversation. Yep. But... yep, that's why I didn't say that. So <laughs> it's all right. We'll be back. Your secret's you safe with us, Cameron. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. Uh, Longhorn Weekly tonight at 7 o'clock. With Rodney Terry out at Pluckers, the West Campus location. Hope to see you there. Get some wings. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, right here on Light the Tower.